Welcome to the 359. I'm Roger Chang. I'm Maya Zaxar. I'm Mike Sorrentino. So Avengers Endgame hits theaters tomorrow night, but uh, I, as Mike and I, had a chance to see it early uh, with the movie Poison Bee, probably the biggest opening weekend of all time with maybe a billion dollars. Um, the big question is, is it worth it? And let's, let's not get into spoilers, but ultimately, is this worth it for you too? Yes. <laughs> all right, we're done. Podcast really is over. I could say more. You go first. Sure. Like, I mean, this has been 10 years or 11 years of storytelling. Yep. This thing is setting up the the end of the first set of 10 years, and we're setting up the next 10 years. I think it is, It's a lot, there's a lot of fan service. It's awesome. It's yep. fitting. And it's it's three hours. And it, for some reason, does not drag. Yeah, that's what I found really impressive about this thing was that it, it, uh, it had a lot of masters to serve, right? It had to basically... Uh, pay off a lot of the, the loose ends from 11 years of storytelling. There were tons of characters involved. There were tons of stories. And really set things up for the next 10 years. And it actually kind of succeeded in doing all of that. And it was, like you said, it was a very satisfying conclusion, right? I remember telling both of you, too, when we began, I expected to just leave to go to the bathroom because of the three-hour length. Yeah. So I was like, hey, just tell me what I'm going to miss because I'm doing the review. But we never left. I don't even think anyone in the theater left. I, didn't, I, I noticed just no, one, by. no one left. Everyone was stuck to their seats. They were, they were riveted the entire time. Uh, ultimately, though, if you're not a hardcore MCU fan, uh, are you going to appreciate this movie? Is this for you? I think as a spectacle, it could be enjoyable if you mm. just want to watch some dumb action and you don't really care who the characters are. Right. But if you did the investment of the 10 years yeah. or even like half of that or some of the characters, you're going to have a huge payoff for everything. So I think a casual uh, moviegoer will go, whoa, that was, inc- that was incredibly insane. Right. Might be like, it's also three hours. Why am I paying attention to this right. character? Right. But I think it's going to hit both audiences. We had differing opinions, too, about which movies. In my opinion, you only really need Infinity War and maybe watching Captain Marvel's uh, mid credit scene. Mm. But other people feel different things. And there's definitely lots and lots of hat tips if you've watched substantially more than that, of course. For me, it was, it's really if you've watched the movies that the Russo brothers, who directed this film, mm-hmm. the ones that they've been a part of, mm-hmm. I think that's sort of a good roadmap for what... There are some other... There are definitely callbacks to other things. Um, it really... There are a lot of deep cuts in there, but um, can't wait for everyone to see it. Uh, like I said, it opens up uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night. Uh, next up, the Galaxy Fold launch has been delayed to some unknown future date at this point, but uh, we do have our review up. It's sort of a review of what is, I guess, now the pre-production unit, but uh, Jessica Dolcourt, bottom line, says that it is a fascinating piece of technology with this folding gimmick that really wows you, but uh, definitely shows signs that it's a first-generation product that needs a lot of polish. Yeah, I watched the review this morning. At the end, she explained how it's a premium priced product, but it doesn't feel premium because the yeah. apps and everything don't work just quite right yet. And since it's the beginning of this kind of style, it's going to take a long time for app developers to figure out how to automatically have the app switch from the front to the back, back to the front, right. or inside, outside, that kind of situation. And the intuitiveness of how to do multitasking on a device like this, because it's essentially an Android tablet, and that doesn't have a lot of uh, foothold. Right. In the marketplace. It reminds me a bit of the Red Phones, Red Hydrogen Phones launch. Uh, mm. Very expensive, very high-end, uh, high-concept idea, but not for everyone. And right. But it was confusing because Samsung was marketing this sort of as, yeah, a luxury device mm-hmm. for people, not really as a developer sort of and thing, but now kind of is. That's ultimately what it is, right? It is a developer device. It's a, it's a testbed device for foldable phones, for the broader foldable phone market. And so I'm hoping that the issues here don't curtail that that broader thing. Because right now, we don't need foldable phones. We can get no. along just fine without them. But I think... The fact that this opens the door to so many different kinds of devices is what's the most exciting part for me. For more on these stories, check us out on CNET. I'm Roger Chang. 
I'm Maya Zaxer. I'm Mike Sorrentino. Thanks for listening. 